Welcome to episode 179. I've got a question for you. Have you ever felt unwell, not right, and you just know that something is going on with your body? So you go to the doctor and they say, your blood results look totally fine. Just get some rest. If you've ever been on a bit of a journey with your health and yet all of the data, all of the tests, all of the labs that you've had done look quote unquote normal, then this episode is for you because we talk about how to dig out problems in your blood work that most practitioners cannot see due to the limits of their education. Information that often ends up being diagnosed much later on as autoimmune issues or disease when things are so far out of whack that they finally disrupt what is meant to be normal. So, if you can read your bloods, your labs, your panels correctly now, then you can really start to take control of your own health and turn the ship around rather than having to wait until years down the track when you've got all sorts of things going on. So, if this feels like you or you've been on an autoimmune journey or you've had practitioners and doctors tell you that you're normal but you don't feel great, whether it be you, your partner or your kids, this episode's for you. Let's take control of our own health. Let's get into it. Welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. You've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously, so you don't, well, get sick and die. Here we talk all things health, nutrition, and human optimization. Let's jump into it with your host and resident scientist, Maddie Lansdowne. What's up, my healthy friends? Here we are on another wonderful interview episode of the show. In 2022, it's my mission to coach 300 people to get control of their emotional eating so they can lose weight and actually keep it off without counting calories or eating rabbit food because that's 0% fun. Now, if you've ever been to a doctor and been told that your bloods or your labs look totally fine, but you've got symptoms, pain, and you don't feel right being in your own body, then you're not alone because sadly, it's really common and left unchecked can possibly turn out in the long run to be autoimmune disease later on. I actually hear about it from lots of podcast listeners that are here looking for different answers and different ways of doing things and also clients as well quite regularly. So, the doctor said everything was fine, but Well, obviously, it's not if you don't feel good, right? So, the good news is we have the perfect guest to talk about this problem today, and that's Dr. Kylie Burton, who is going to give you some hope. Kylie's a doctor of chiropractic and a functional medicine expert and helps thousands of individuals with seemingly impossible health struggles to find answers, even if you've been told by the doctor that your labs are totally normal and totally fine. Not only does she help patients, but she also teaches and educates practitioners to be able to do what she does in finding the needle in the haystack of seemingly normal data. And like all super cool people, she's a podcast host as well, and she's got a show called Beyond the Diagnosis with Dr. Kylie. And so here she is. Welcome to the show, Kylie. How are you? Thanks, Maddie. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. So you are like, you're like you know, super rare in this industry because instead of just looking at, you know, the data and saying, oh, it looks normal based on my education, you go much, much deeper. So, I'm curious, what was the moment in your career where you realized that medical practitioners or maybe even yourself were not reading the information and blood results correctly? So, trace back, I'm 32 years old. I was what, uh, six years ago while I was in school. So, I'm a student. And as a student, you have to, you know, follow some certain rules and which I got suspended from anyways, but that's a different story. So (laughs) the patient came in and she was like in her mid fifties, had a migraine for three 
years. Whoa. Nothing was helping it. The MRIs, the CT scans, the blood work, I mean, everything was, quote, normal, right? And -hmm. she was at the point of life where it wasn't worth living anymore. Right. So here I am, a student, and I realized if I look at her blood work and her labs and her imaging the same way that everybody else does, I'm going to get the same results. And that's just not okay with me. So I decided right then and there that there has to be a better way. So when we are told that our blood work is normal, let's talk about this normal range. It's like wide open, right? Mm -hmm. Now, with the thyroid, let's use this as an example. The most common thyroid lab is TSH, thyroid stimulating hormone. So many women get told that they have normal thyroid labs, and yet they have all the symptoms. They Google thyroid problems, they show up with all the symptoms. So that thyroid lab range, depending on the lab, is between 0.5 and 5.5. Now, this is standard for just about across the world. There are some nuances here and there, but I've seen labs from everywhere. I was reading labs from a, um, from a youngster in Europe last week. I've seen them in Australia. I've seen them in Canada. And of course, a lot of them here in the U.S. Um, so we're talking on a global scale here. Okay. So mm-hmm. 0.5 to 5.5. Well, trying to find your ideal range within that range is like trying to find your favorite restaurant somewhere between California and New York. Good luck. Right. <laughs> or somewhere between Europe and Australia. Like, good luck. You're not going to find it. But if we can say, you know what, let's find your favorite restaurant in Utah or California or Brisbane, Australia, or Spain, like if we can minimize the the square footage, now we have a better chance. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing, the same concept. I've done tons and tons of trainings. And now I teach practitioners and everybody how to do this uh, to make blood work simple. Because when we get blood work, and when we can read it ourselves, no longer having to rely on the doctor to read it. Mm-hmm. That's power. Yeah, for sure. What 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 happens though when you hear like, and this happened a lot in the last two years, which was don't Google your symptoms. Don't try and interpret your own blood results because obviously medical professionals are, are worried or concerned that you'll get it wrong. What, what do you think about that kind of advice? Well, whoever orders the lab, somebody has to order the lab. Mm-hmm. Right. You can even order labs online, but technically someone behind the scenes is performing the real order. Um, that person who is ordering the labs is responsible for what's on it. Mm-hmm. So you go to your doctors, they run the regular blood work, the CBC, the metabolic panel, the lipid panel, the thyroid panel. If you're lucky, some more than that. Um, and then they see the labs and they're like, oh, OK, you look great. I'll see you again in a year. That right there is them saying, okay, there's nothing that's red flag in that. Mm -hmm. There's nothing saying, oh, you have autoimmune. Oh, you have kidney disease. Oh, you have cardiovascular disease. There's markers there. You you drew blood. You donated a copay or paid for it in cash. You donated the blood the time. Mm -hmm. There's answers there. We just have to read them a different way. So when it comes to, you know, Googling what your labs say or trying to diagnose yourself. Yes, it's a major epidemic, but 
we've had to do that because we go to the doctor and they tell us we're fine. Here, take this antidepressant. Hey, mom, you should sleep more. That's probably why you're so tired is <laughs> you need to take a nap, right? So we get told with all of these, these cop-outs, I should say, mm-hmm. um, and yet we know something is wrong with us. Now, I'm going to be careful when I say cop-out because I never bash doctors. We all get into this for the same reason. We want to help people. Totally. The fact is, medical school fails us. Yes. Insurance fails us. Pharmacology fails us. It's not the individual person who just happens to I'm so glad you said that. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that because I feel the same. Like, you know, I, I do a lot of debunking of, you know, whether it be whether it be medical myths or food myths or marketing myths on here, but I always reiterate, like I've never met a bad doctor. I've never worked, you know, I worked for seven years in a hospital. I've never worked with a medical professional that had an ill intention ever. In fact, you know, they had their own health issues as a result of helping so many people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it's the real epidemic. So yes, be wary, be careful about who you're getting your information from. I mean, I joined TikTok six months ago, and <laughs> that place is crazy. <laughs> totally. I've resisted. I've resisted, but I'm glad you're there. <laughs> Don't resist. Don't resist. <laughs> um, the reason why I was like, I'm not going to get on it because, you know, it's the Chinese government. They, you, you know, Whatever. Okay, if you want to grow, get on TikTok. <laughs> so come find me on TikTok, Dr. Carly Burton. Yeah, get there. Everybody go to TikTok. We'll put the link in the show notes below, actually. So we'll make sure we put that down there for everybody. Yeah, it's crazy. But there's a reason why people have turned to what they're learning on TikTok, have turned to what they're learning in podcasts over being able to rely on their doctor because they've ran into so many dead ends. Mm-hmm. I often think about the, like the, results that the doctor looks at, just as you mentioned before, is that they don't see a red flag. And so, they're actually, what they're saying is, you're not almost dying yet. So, it's not of a concern. So, I can't see a red flag, but actually there's some orange ones and there's some yellow ones and they're not important enough to get the attention. Yeah. I always tell people, you want normal labs. Mm-hmm. You want them to say your labs look good, right? Because if they don't, then it's like, oh man, I'm really, really bad. Yeah. (laughs) But up until you get to that point, they're not going to point anything out. So let's use an example of these liver markers called AST and ALT. Mm -hmm. Now, if you were to look in your regular blood work, that's called a metabolic panel. You're going to see these two markers, ALT, AST. Those are liver markers. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe you have an H next to them or one of them. And maybe your ordering physician pointed it out. I have seen so many times where a patient finally gets possession of their blood work, looks at it and says, well, well, why didn't they tell me about this marker? There's an H right here off to the side. Why didn't he say anything to me or they say anything to me? Here's the reality. They're not going to point it out unless they know what to do. Because if you get told, oh, your liver marker is high, your immediate response is going to be, what are we going to do about it? And if they don't know, not a fault of them, a fault of their schooling, they're not going to point it out. Mm -hmm. You know, I had an issue with a family member where it was like, it was the hardest labs I've ever had to read. And I've read thousands of labs. 
where my my family member was like, well, th- those markers are, you know, hundreds above the range. Why wasn't anything said to me? Mm-hmm. And I had to explain to them, I'm like, they're not going to point it out because they don't know what to do about it. Yeah, interesting. It says a lot about the treating physician, right? And their willingness to explore or learn, you know, what's outside their scope. It's sort of like they've been conditioned by their education to think in one vein of thinking. And anything outside of that is just too much effort or too much energy to go and do. Well, they got a really expensive degree, a really time consuming (laughs) degree. I always say the papers behind me are they're just real expensive pieces of paper. Totally. (laughs) Those pieces of paper can allow me to do great things. Unfortunately, to do those great things, I have to bust out of what I learned to get those things. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, it's unless you're a student for life, especially in our extremely toxic world where people and diseases and new issues are presenting, you know, every year there's a new collection of diseases to add to the book of diagnoses because the world we're living in is so stressful and toxic. Unless you're a life student, unfortunately, yeah, we're going to be in these situations where your patients, as you know, for practitioners, are going to be listening to podcasts, you know, signing up to programs like yours in order to, you know, downloading your book in order to be able to actually understand why they don't feel good, but the doctor says I am good. It's like this doesn't correlate. Mm -hmm. And the nice thing is, is doctors and practitioners, whether they're a health coach or an MD or a DC or naturopath or even a massage therapist, um, they're listening too. They're out there listening to podcast episodes and catching people on TikTok and (laughs) not really TikTok, but Instagram and Facebook. Those of us who are brave and have really thick skin can be on TikTok. Totally. Um, But they're out there too. So like my podcast, I would say 50% of the listeners are practitioners. Mm -hmm. That's really great. And that's good. And so now I've, you know, I run a mastermind where I teach practitioners how to do this too, but but that's besides the point. Let's go back to ALT and AST and let's like dive into some of these markers because that's where... Yeah, let's do it. Liver, liver stuff. Okay, so like I said, AST, ALT, these are liver markers. Now, depending mm-hmm. on the lab range, of course, depends on whether you're normal or outside the normal range. Go grab your labs because what I want to see is anybody between everybody between 10 and 26, but ideally around that 15, that optimal spot. Now, if you fall outside of that 10 to 26 range, uh, that probably means that your liver just needs some help. It is really, really struggling keeping pace with the demands placed upon it. We talked about toxins in the environment. We have toxins in the water, toxins in our food, toxins in the air we breathe, toxins in walls in our buildings. You know, we live in the, yeah. near the coastline where it's humid humidity, any coastline, chances are mold, toxicity. I live in Utah, which is a four season state. It's springtime. It's supposed to be. We have snow on the ground right now. Um, But when the ground thaws and everything like your leaves and your wood, your grass and your soil, that produces mold as it thaws. So this isn't Mm -hmm. just a food problem. This is an environmental problem. So when you see these liver markers elevated ever so slightly, it just means, hey, maybe I should lower my toxic burden. Maybe I should 
boost my liver with a supportive su- supplement, or maybe I should do a full on detox, just depending. But there's a different approach versus, hey, you have liver disease or fatty liver disease, uh, which is what you might get told if you have elevated, really elevated liver enzymes, right? Yeah, absolutely. I'm curious, you mentioned all the areas of like toxicity then, including mold. Is We seem to be going through this epidemic or this explosion of autoimmune diseases across the globe and particularly, I know I'm here in Melbourne, Australia, and like it feels like everybody's got patients that have got autoimmune disease. And when I say everybody, I say, I mean, everybody that's, you know, a naturopath or a chiropractor well, or an osteo, you know. Yeah, everybody, right? So, what what's leading to this? Is it the toxic world is finally catching up with us, or is it because unfortunately the medical education doesn't look for the information in the way that, like, you, the strategies that you're talking about? You know, I love how you bring up autoimmune because it's my favorite thing. Uh, I literally just shared my three steps on how you can stop managing autoimmune disease and beat it on national mm-hmm. TV, February 23rd. So I'll have to send you a wow, link. That's awesome. Um, but before I send you that link, I just have to caveat it. It's national TV. You can't say some things. So yes. <laughs> it's like the title of it is manage autoimmune disease. And when I saw that, I just made me cringe, but the information within that two and a half minute segment is gold. So let's cover so you were, more than you were censored. I was censored. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it is what it is. Hey, I, I got totally. national TV though. That's a big deal. Yeah, well, that's all right. Two and a half minutes is better than zero. Yeah. And the funny thing was, is it was an 18 minute interview. So I was, I'm like, how is she going to take 18 minutes and condense it into two and a half? But it was really well done. So okay, yeah, let's talk more for two and a, more than two and a half minutes about autoimmune disease. Cause it's let's a, do it. <laughs> a big deal, right? So the statistics are just in the U S alone, there's over 24 million people diagnosed. No, I would say there's over 124 million people with autoimmune. They just don't have a, quote, diagnosis yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you look at autoimmune disease, researchers don't even know how to define it. So if they can't define it, how do we expect them to know how to treat it? Mm-hmm. Okay. So totally. what is autoimmune disease? It's where your immune system attacks regular tissue in your body. Now, what does it attack? That is dependent upon your genes. My family is Parkinson's. I literally just mm-hmm. had another family member get diagnosed. So now that's two Parkinson's right. with before they're even 55 years old. Wow. Um, and so that's what happens in my family. If someone else has Hashimoto's, the thyroid autoimmune running in their family, that's where the immune system is going to attack the thyroid, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Now, according to the diagnosis list, there's like 80. But as we learn more and more and more about autoimmune disease and the possibility of our immune system attacking really any tissue, it's really could be numerous. Mm-hmm. Now, besides a diagnosis, people can have autoimmune tendencies when they have these flares. Okay. So oftentimes I'll, I'll hear from moms that say, Oh, I had a good day today. Or, Oh, today was a bad day. I couldn't really sleep. My joints and my 
that like they're I'm just so achy, I'm so tired. And yet, you know, two days later, they're okay, they're having a good day. Um, when you if you have a diagnosis and then you experience flares, for MS, for example, people who go out with MS in the heat, that's gonna cause a mm-hmm. flare. What causes these flares? It's the same thing that triggers the autoimmune disease. You know, let's take a step back and let's say, why does somebody get diagnosed with type 1 diabetes at seven years old? And why does somebody else in the same family get diagnosed with type 1 diabetes at 31 years old? What's the difference? The timing of the trigger. Timing of the trigger, right? Mm -hmm. I love it. So think about it as a cup. We're filling up our cup. And dependent upon what that trigger is that overflows our cup, now the gene is turned on and our immune system starts to attack whatever tissue it got told. Mm -hmm. Now, I've seen thousands and thousands and thousands of labs. You might be asking, well, what's the trigger? What can be triggers for autoimmune? And there's a lot. But the biggest one and the most popular one that I see in the labs is a low-grade virus. Are we talking like EBV or CMV or? I don't care. I don't care if it's mm-hmm. bar. I don't care if it's COVID. I don't put a name to it. I don't care. There's mm-hmm. thousands of viruses. You know this. Yeah, yep, totally. Research lab. But of course, we were told to be frightened of one little thing. <laughs> yeah. Two year, year, the last two years. Um, virus is a virus. We treat them in the natural world just fine. No big deal. Mm-hmm. So how do you know? If your body's fighting this low-grade virus, now I, I caveat that with low-grade because this is something that um, you're going to look in your labs and you're going to say, oh, well, I was told in this podcast episode that if my lymphocyte count is above 30%, I have a virus. I'm going to run to my doctor and tell them, don't run to your doctor and tell them because they don't understand it. <laughs> They'll send you away. <laughs> They'll send you away, right? So Epstein-Barr virus is the most popular one. It's mono, Right. If mm-hmm. you've been diagnosed with a virus of some sort outside of COVID, it's going to be mono. Now, in order to get a positive Epstein-Barr virus test, it has to be so active that you literally like can't even walk up a flight of stairs because mm-hmm. your body is so exhausted from fighting this virus. Mm-hmm. But if we have it like a low-grade activity level, now it's like, okay, I just need a nap. To make it through my day. I would rather order takeout than cook food tonight. I just, I just need to rest. Mm-hmm. It's the chronic fatigue that we see. Yeah. It's the onset of autoimmunes that we see. Mm-hmm. So this low grade virus can mm-hmm. be found inside your blood work. Mm-hmm. The regular uh, assuming food. you know what to look for, right? I'll tell you what to look for right now. Here we go, right here. <laughs> CBC, the complete blood cell count. The mm-hmm. most common lab test anybody ever gets. Now, there's two versions of this lab test. The first version is just the CBC. If you have that version, you're missing a lot of key puzzle pieces. Mm-hmm. And I didn't understand this until I had all this additional training outside of paying for that really expensive piece of paper. I didn't care about it during that time until you learn there's these five markers in the CBC with differential that are gold. So if you have the CBC with diff, scroll down to the very bottom of it and you're going to see five markers. 
Those mm -hmm. five markers begin with neutrophils, lymphocytes, monocytes, eosinophils, and basophils. The marker the we're defense. looking for is lymphocytes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if that marker is above 30%, look for the percentage version of it, 30%, you're fighting a low-grade virus. Mm -hmm. Now there's one more. Monocytes. Mono, monocytes. There's not, I, I can't say, oh, it's going to be Epstein-Barr correlation, but it's a high possibility, okay? So you want to have your monocytes less than 7%. If they're greater than 7%, now you're fighting a low-grade virus. Mm -hmm. If it's like 11, 12, 13, 14%, if it's getting really up there, chances are you could go get an Epstein-Barr virus test and it would be high enough to come back positive. Right. So trace back, people are always asking me, you know, how many labs do you want? How many labs should I get? Get all of them. If you were sick 10 years ago, get your labs from 10 years ago. If you had got diagnosed with Hashimoto six years ago, get the labs from six years ago. Get them all because they all tell a story. And when you figure out, oh, my heck, like in, in January of 2016, I got diagnosed with Hashimoto's. I, they drew my blood and my viral count was like 44%. Whereas now... You go take a blood test and you had a really good day. You were feeling really good. It might not show up in your labs. So picture this, right? Unlocking your potential, conquering emotional eating and gaining insights directly from a health and nutrition expert such as myself. That's what we do inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group, which is currently free to join. If you've ever felt trapped by food challenges, struggled with maintaining a healthy lifestyle, or yearned for a community that understands the reasons why you've yo-yo dieted for years, then there's a new chapter waiting to be written. And this is your chance to start writing it by joining us all on Facebook Lives, on engaging posts that push you out of your comfort zone and into growth, and Q&A sessions with me. All of this works as a platform to begin changing your emotional eating problems for good. Oh, and also, as a special gift, you receive my transformative How to Turn Food into Self-Confidence ebook. And that's also for free. I get it. Skepticism might linger. You might think, Maddie, I've heard these ads and I'm not sure. Well, at least a quarter of the members inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group have been paying clients of my emotional eating program at some point over the last three or four years. So if you're not sure, you can post in the group and ask to find out if I'm the real deal or not. It's totally up to you. To join us in the free Healthy Mums Collective and to end your emotional eating and feel good in your own skin and begin that journey, pop down to the show notes below, click the link and breeze through three simple entry questions. Join today and let's embark on a journey of growth and empowerment. The link is in the show notes below. When you mentioned Hashimoto's then and talking about going and getting bloods and getting, you know, different bits of data collected, um, it made me think I hear commonly, whether it be from my naturopath friends or actual clients, that they are guided towards the doctor or even I might send them and be like, go and get this type of test because I can't order it um, or, you know, the, um, you know, the out-of-pocket expense version is extremely expensive and you, you go to the doctor and sit down and say, I've Googled my symptoms. Um, I listened to Maddie and Kylie have this conversation and I need these tests. And the doctor says, no, you don't. No, you don't. 
for two reasons. One, he actually thinks you don't. And two, he's going to be investigated or, you know, if he orders too many of that test. So, like, what about with those struggles with data collection? Like, do we just keep going to the next doctor or to the next doctor until somebody gives it to us? That's why I say get all of your labs because within the last 10 years, how many labs have you had blood drawn? You, you might not need more. You might not mm-hmm. need to go get another one. And then second, when you have that conversation with your physician, nobody, myself included, wants to hear, I was listening to this person on the podcast. Or I <laughs> no one wants to hear that. So just cut it out and then say, hey, doc, I would really love if you could order this standard blood test for me. I'm curious to see what the numbers are. Yeah, to avoid the, the inevitable anything. eye roll. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to know anything else, right? Um, or, you know, I was Googling this. Don't say that. <laughs> Just go in and say, I'd love if you could order the standard blood test for me. It's the, you know, I th- I think what I've been, I think it's called the CBC. I mean, play it off like that. I think it's called the CBC, something like a differential. They're going to know what you mean. Just mm-hmm. play it off like that. Like you're not as smart as them. They want to feel smarter than you. They have a real expensive piece of paper. <laughs> Play to their ego. <laughs> yes, it works. I, I'm telling you, it works. I was an assistant once to a to a Cairo who was a, a male Cairo, and the other lady in the office didn't get along with at all with him. I, I finally just told her, like, whether you want to or not, just feed his ego. It's okay, just do it, and you'll you'll mend a lot better with your relationship. Just do it, guys. Don't tell. <laughs> don't walk into your doctor's office and say, "I found this on Google." While I was listening to this podcast, just politely ask mm-hmm. a CBC with differential. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. Done. Easy. Done. If you're in the uh, States, there's a lot of options for ordering blood work online on yourself, by yourself. Right. And, and there'll be some pieces of the markers missing. So just like be careful. You get a CBC with differential. Otherwise, like I said, you're going to be missing those big, big five key pieces. So there's a really cool ratio I want to teach your audience because I think they're smart enough to know this. Let's do it. When it it comes to autoimmune, we're going to pay attention to two very, very important markers. We already talked about the lymphocytes. The other Mm -hmm. one is the neutrophils. It's it's the marker on top of the lymphocytes when you're looking at your, your labs there. The neutrophils, their primary job is to fight bacteria. So if you see an elevated neutrophil, meaning over 60%, you're fighting a bacterial infection. What does that look like? Well, really anything, but I like to compare it specifically to chronic diarrhea or constipation, also Mm -hmm. known as IBS, IBD, Crohn's, UC, SIBO, CIFO, um, or joint pains. Maybe an RA diagnosis, arthritis, um, just means like, Hey, I got a lot of bad guys in my gut that's destroying a variety of areas in my body, leaving me with a bunch of symptoms. Mm-hmm. Neutrophils, lymphocytes. Okay. Yep. So we remember 60% is the key marker for neutrophils. We yep. want to see it less than 60%. Mm-hmm. Lymphocytes are 30%. Mm-hmm. 60, 30. Two to one. Yep. Follow me, Maddie. I'm with you. Okay. Now, what if 
You're going to see this a lot, especially with autoimmune, because that's what it means. It's autoimmune. If I see a neutrophil count of 44% and a lymphocyte count of 42%, where they start to meet in the middle, and we start to see that one-to-one ratio, autoimmune. Right, Whether okay. you have a diagnosis or not, your immune system is fighting, and it might be attacking some tissue, or it's about to attack some tissue, or it mm-hmm. has attacked some tissue. Literally, if you see those two-minute markers coming close together, whether you're 42 or 48, or even be flip-flopped and be 46 and 40, autoimmune. Interesting. Okay, so it's a two-to-one ratio that we want when things are normal. And then if that two-to-one ratio doesn't quite match or is really like basically the same number, then there's a serious issue. Mm -hmm. Then there's an issue of autoimmune. And when I go through labs with people and you use that word, it's like, I don't don't like to hear that word. That's a bad Mm -hmm. word, right? But here's the thing. You already know the first step in treating it. We've already covered it. Find the triggers. Mm-hmm. And usually the trigger is some type of viral component. It could also be food sensitivities and mold. And how many times have you heard, I was completely fine until I had my third baby. And then after my third baby, everything went downhill. Totally. Can be a trigger, right? Getting a diagnosis of things like PCOS, that can be a trigger. So find the triggers, eliminate them as much as possible. Step number two with autoimmune is my favorite thing, vitamin D. Mm-hmm. Vitamin D is I'm the ingredient for immune systems. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm a big fan of labs, right? Yep. The normal lab range from vitamin D is 32 to 100. That sucks. That's a big lab range. It's huge. And most people are on the lower end, if not below yes. 30. And if they're not below 30 and they won't receive any type of treatment unless they are below 32, which blows my mind. There's yeah. a reason why anxiety and depression are skyrocketing through the roofs and, and suicide. Your body is literally lacking vitamin D. And that, that 32, 40, 50s, I mean, that's just something that you're not going to die. Yeah. <laughs> right. You're not dead, depressed, sad, miserable. Yeah. Yet, but come back next week. <laughs> come back next week. Get this antidepressant and you're just going to keep getting lower and lower oh, and lower. Yeah, so many SSRIs just handed out. Like Yes. Even to six-year-olds, it blows my mind. It's now legal to give a six-year-old an antidepressant in America. Wow. Don't even get me started. <laughs> Another podcast. <laughs> yeah. So vitamin D. I like to see people around 80. Mm-hmm. Now, I've received hate mail and I've received hate comments. You know what? I don't even what? care. Because, About vitamin D levels. Yeah, because I'll, I'll share with you my protocol and people are like, what? That's crazy. You're going to make people toxic. Look, I have yet to find someone who's toxic. From I vitamin D supplementation? Yeah. Yeah, same. I've never seen it. And I've never seen it in research either. Mm-hmm. And yet we have like this mysterious level of 100. Like if it's over 100, oh my gosh, you're going to die of toxicity. Stop taking your vitamin D. Mm-hmm. No. Vitamin D is our friend. It's a good thing. Oh, totally. Yeah. Well, and I think that goes to the the medical thinking, right? It's the further we go out of what's actually researched, the more people are like, 
nope, nope, these anecdotes aren't good enough. It's not medical research. And so, I think the, the more thousands of IUs that you recommend, the, the further away from where people feel comfortable. So, they're just like, nope, don't do it. We don't know. And it's like, hang on, nobody's ever been sick from this ever. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. So, the, the standard dosage, if you were to get a prescription of vitamin D, and again, you're only going to get this if it's less than 32 unless you have a really unusual doctor. Mm-hmm. It's 50,000 IUs of vitamin D per week. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're looking in your labs and you see this one-to-one ratio, the most important thing you can do is jack that vitamin D up so high. Absolutely. You are going to feel amazing. I mean, I have women, I have a, a particular mom I like to refer to. She got diagnosed with MS in her late 30s, 38, I think. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. 14 boys. Completely took the life right out of her. I mean, not even not being able to do anything in the summertime with your boys because it causes a flare. And then the standard treatment is to go in and get this trial injection one time a month. And after you get that injection, she would be bedridden for three days. Like, is that really Mm. a type of treatment? manage versus overcome i'm teaching you how to overcome this stuff so mm-hmm. flash forward in her life just four months five months six months yeah shoots me this email and she says i did not know it was possible to feel like this before i met you i had just done a bike race with my husband we started to get into cycling together and it was like the one thing that we could do together it was 100 miles i don't know what that means in meters whatever that is in That's, meters. Uh, 160 kilometers there you go and she, she's like, I couldn't even finish the race. My body was so depleted. And I had trained and trained and trained and trained. So she literally uses the word betrayed. I felt betrayed by my body. Yeah, wow. Within six months of working with her, just giving her a simple supplement regimen that tackled the, the for her parasites were the big trigger, gave her huge amounts of vitamin D. She completed another bike race with her husband, didn't even train for it. And she's like, I felt better that day than I'd never felt before. Mm-hmm. So this is stuff where, do I say that I can cure MS? I have no idea. The only way to really know is to go get an MRI, see if the lesions are still there on her spine, but that doesn't matter. What matters is that she has her life back mm-hmm. and anybody can get their life back if they're willing to put in the effort and to break free from the management system. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I I spent, like we talked about before, so many years uh, working in a hospital where every trial that we ran, every drug protocol was just about just keeping that person alive. Um, And that protocol might be like a 15 or 20 or 30-year protocol. It's like who wants to just be alive for that amount of time, which is sadly why many of the patients in the actual hospital would find ways to to end it, whether it be jump off the building, that would happen once a year, um, or whether it be, yeah, refuse all medication, you know, or starve themselves to death because, you know, just being alive, or just being managed for so long is just, it's like, what's the point of living? Yeah, I had an, a 25-year-old young man, he got diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, and their solution was Humira once a week for the rest of his life. He doesn't want to give himself a painful injection every week for the rest of his life to just survive. Totally. And then spend and half of every week recovering from the injection. Yeah. And his big thing was CrossFit. He loved getting in the gym. He loved being that high intensity 
uh, weight type training in his body. I mean, it was his joints. They were breaking down. So we had to do some unraveling and some finding out the triggers, loading him back up on vitamin D. And then the third piece is rehab the gut. The mm-hmm. gut is your immune system. You know, we all hear about the gut and how powerful the gut is, but we got to do more than just take a probiotic and a prebiotic. The, mm-hmm. the gut, go back to that infection. I always say sometimes we have to destroy the gut and then completely rebuild it. Yeah, totally. And that is the case in a lot of autoimmune instances. So step one, identify the triggers. Step two, mm-hmm. use high dose vitamin D. Step three, rehab the gut and voila. No more need to manage autoimmune disease. And we're back. That's awesome. <laughs> I love how you just broke that down. That was so simple. And and uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of people listening that are like, oh, Kylie's giving me hope because yeah, everybody in my current world is just telling me you'll be fine. Or th- here's a really common one, which is starting to pop up a lot, which shouldn't, which is I'm just getting old. You know, and that age for the, to be able to say that is getting younger because we're, you know, the world is getting so much sicker. So, you know, you've got people that are 40 saying, oh, I'm just getting old. You know, the body's breaking down. It's like, hang on, you shouldn't be saying that for another 35 years at least. Mm-hmm. Or you have groups like the CDC changing the standard of care as we become more and more diabetic. Now it's like, oh, you don't need to be pre-diabetes till you're 6.5 when it was diabetes at 6.5. Now it's, you know, they just keep pushing back the numbers farther and farther to make the average population seem not so sick. Well, and that's that's a good point that you bring up there in regards to lab results because when people and most of the people I work with are in Australia, but I work with people all over just like you do. Um, but in Australia, I often say if you go to the doctor and he says your bloods are normal, your bloods are normal in comparison to the average Australian who is bordering on obese. The average Australian is almost obese and will die of heart disease. So that's a very yeah, poor yeah. average. <laughs> we're, we're all the average person's already obese, dying of cardiovascular, yeah. and that's what we're getting compared to. You're dang right. Yeah, totally. So normal bloods are like, oh, I'm normal for an overweight, half dead person already. <laughs> There's a reason why I still feel like crap. Yeah, I'm normal. Yeah, totally. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show. This has been such a good conversation. I really want to get you back because I think there's so much that we can unpack and give tools to the listeners. But speaking of tools, where can everyone find you online? So obviously TikTok, but you've also got a book out. I have a book out. It's called Why Are My Labs Normal? So if you go to my website, that has all the ordering options, drkylieburton.com. Then I also have the podcast, Beyond the Diagnosis with Dr. Kylie. So pick those two places. Inside the book, I literally break down. I mean, I gave you a few snippets within, but I give you so much more on that $20 book. I should really be charging like $200 for it. Um, (laughs) But it's power. If you know how to read your own blood work, you have power. Yeah, I love that. All right. Also, the links are going to be in the show notes below. So, if you feel like you're going to benefit from that book, which I think a lot of people are, even if it's not yet, maybe it's for your kids, maybe it's for you in a couple of years. Yeah, get your hands on that book. Um, We'll put all the links down there. Go and hang out with Kylie. Check out her podcast. Um, And to wrap up, Kylie, what's one piece of health information from the journey you've been on that you wish more people knew about? Get your hands on your labs. They are your labs. You should have them in your possession. I'm shocked at how many people are like, well, I I got them at my doctor's, but they're not giving them to me. (laughs) 
Make them give them to you. They're your labs. <laughs> whether it's a patient portal or whether they are handing you a physical copy, you get possession of your labs. That is the number one advice I would wish everybody knew. Get your own data and get in the driver's seat. Yes. Amazing. Well, thanks for being here, Kylie. It's been awesome and we'll catch you really soon. Thanks, Maddie. See ya. Thanks for listening to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. If you love this episode and health information is your thing, then please consider subscribing to the show. And when you're done, head over to iTunes, Google Podcast, or whichever app you use. And we'd be grateful if you could leave us a five-star rating and write a review sharing your opinion on the show as it really helps the podcast grow. Thanks so much and I'll see you on the next episode. Whilst the presenter that feature on this podcast endeavour to provide accurate information, it cannot possibly take into account your individual circumstances, and therefore the content on this podcast provided by any of the speakers is not intended as advice in any way for any individual, and should not be a replacement for professional medical or health advice of any nature. Always seek advice regarding your personal situation from a qualified medical professional.